Welcome, welcome, welcome to Made Men Mondays. This is your man, DB, trauma victim, transforming to victor over trauma, and your emotional responsive coach. You are now inside the Made Men Project, where every Monday we are bringing you an empowering person or message to dismantle society's false sense of masculinity and change the male narrative. Thanks for coming through today. The American idea of sexuality appears to be rooted in the American idea of masculinity. This idea has created cowboys and Indians, good guys and bad guys, punks and studs, tough guys and softies, butch and faggot, black and white. It's an idea so paralytically infantile that it is virtually forbidden as an unpatriotic act that the American boy evolve into the complexity of manhood. That is by the great James Baldwin. My guest today is the founder of the powerful movement Meant to Heal and author of the book, Man Just Express Yourself, James Harris. James is the epitome of tenacity, resilience, and a great example of what making hard but purpose-driven choices looks like. James is doing great things for the advocacy of men's mental health. In this episode, we dive into Jane's very unique, very unique and inspiring story. Jane dropped some valuable gems throughout this interview that changes the male narrative. Make sure as you listen, you share it with others who you think can benefit from it. Just copy and paste the link. You can also view the interview on my YouTube channel at Derek Butler Powers. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, click the bell so you get the notifications, and share, share, share. Remember to also to subscribe to the Made Men Project on every podcast platform available and make sure you leave us a rating and review. So join us as we get ready to dismantle society's false masculinity and change the male narrative. Hey yo fellas, we, we made men, we made men. Try to believe that within. I just want to be a good man. Okay. All right, all right, all right, man. You know what time it is, man. It's your man, DB Empowers. And you are inside the Made Men Project, where we are dismantling society's false sense of masculinity, where we are changing the male narrative. We are motivated, accessible. We are disciplined, and we are expressive men. And like I said, man, we are dismantling society's false sense of masculinity. And my first guest I have on here today, this brother from Richmond, Virginia. And I'm so excited to have this brother on here because he's doing some great things down in Richmond. And once I kick it over to him, he's going to be able to be able to explain the movement that he has going on down there. I'm honored to have this brother on. His brother's name is James Harris. He is an author. He is the founder of Men to Heal. He's the author of Man Just Express Yourself. This brother has a lot of things going on. He has a movement. And like I said, I'm honored to have him here. I did When I reached out to him, I did not think I was going to be able to get him because he's doing so much. But this goes to show how genuine, how, how down to earth, how real this brother is. You know, I'm just starting my movement. And this brother will hit me up now and then and like and look, leave little comments, man, just to encourage me and keep me going. So I'm, I'm excited to have him on here. So, James, I truly appreciate you, brother. Once again, this is James Harris, founder of Men the Hill and author of Man, Just Express Yourself. Kick it over to you, brother. My man, hey, appreciate you for having me, man. Much continued success on your platform. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Um, but me, I'm right here in Richmond, Virginia, born and raised. Um, I'm a father. Um, 
I am also an entrepreneur in the area, as well as from North Carolina, Virginia, up into D.C., over 15 investments. Um, and I just became an author in April, a piece of literature, Man, Just Express Yourself, which is an interactive guide for boys and young men. Oh, you got to get it. Um, yeah. So the movement I founded a couple of years ago is called Men to Heal, which focuses on men over our wellness, their mental health as well as their physical health. Um, I just think it's important and vital to get men back interested in the little things such as um, getting a physical, early detection, you know, and of course, see a therapist if they can, if they want to. Uh, but if not, that's why I created the book as a tool to navigate them and assist them in our journey. Oh, man, that's wonderful. That's great. Like I said, I, I came across his brother on Instagram, man. He was just doing some powerful things, always uplifting and helping men to be to deal with things. Um, I seen a vulnerable side of him. I seen, you know, he's just always encouraging, man, and and, and really, you know, doing his, in his own way and with his major platform, dismantling this false sense of masculinity and what this is. So, brother, I'm gonna kick it off with our first question, man. You know, as a boy, when you were growing up, what was your example of a man? I mean, my examples varied, to be honest with you. So, I was in, uh, I was a ward of the state. I was in foster home and group home. So, mm. it was uh, several males there who were modeling a certain behavior that one would want to achieve to. Mm. Um, but there were also the the males there that you can tell who were just just there for you know to obtain a paycheck. So, absolutely, um, it, it all varied. But the examples that I did have were strong, positive ones who were uplifting community, who were doing community service, who was pushing me to ensure that my grades were, you know, above and beyond and making sure that I was presented as, as a well-rounded person, not only able to uh, articulate, but to display those actions and characteristics as well. So I would say overall, though, I had a, a nice foundation of influences that were on the right track, but of course it was some deviant influences as well um, based on that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I, I get it, man. I, I definitely understand. Uh, I did adult corrections. I started off in adult correction. I went down to juvenile corrections. And I understand the, the, the role that men have or the impact that men have in that role. Um, you know, it, it, it's big, man. You know, especially when it comes to our youth, a lot of our youth are caught up in that system, man. And, you know, we being at, you know, I rose to a high level in that system when I was there, you know, I used to tell staff all the time, especially our males, man, you have to make sure you're here for the right reason. You have an opportunity to impact because you're really the only men that our youth are seeing. And a lot of times you have to understand that their interactions with men in their life haven't been positive. So that's why you will see in those situations, men will have more issues with the, with the youth than the females will have because of just that, that, that structure right there or that, that, you know, that, that block that was between the man and the boy. So I definitely understand what you're saying, man. So being that you was caught up in that, you know, that you was in that system, how did you navigate through that, man? How did you get from there to where you are right now? Man, I, I got there just sheer tenacity, to be honest with you, and one more than my situation entailed. Um, so I wound up emancipating myself at 16 just because wow. I seen what was coming. Um, I don't know how the system is where you are, but here in Virginia, when, once you aged out at 18, then you was pretty much on your own anyway. So I just wanted to get ahead of that curve. And to be honest, I could have been stubborn and ignorant and everything, but, you know, I just wanted to do it on my own, man, and, and, and I made it work. So it, it was a lot of um, 
you know, tough decisions. I, I was able to be employed at a grocery store. So I was making money. I was getting tips. I was doing stuff like that. And I had a vehicle. Um, so I would stay in hotels or, or friends' houses and stuff like that up until I graduated. So when I graduated, I uh, went to college and um, good school, man. I went to St. Paul's College. It's no longer here. It was one of the oldest HBCUs in the uh, country. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so you know how small it was. It was only yeah. one male dorm and one female dorm. <laughs> and um, <laughs> my room was right there on the first floor and I can easily get in there. So pretty much on Christmas break, summer break, winter break, um, spring break, stuff like that, I would sneak back into the dorm because technically I was still homeless. You know, so I was fortunate enough that my room was right there on the first floor. So I unload my microwave and my fridge and my foreman grill from out the car, put it in there and be good. You know, um, and then my going into my sophomore year of college, this uh, guy from the group home, actually, his son had just moved to Washington State. And he, you know, found out what was going on. He said, hey, man, listen, you can stay here. You can, you know, just hang it up. You know, uh, my son is gone for, you know, the summer or whatever the case is. Um, so I started staying there on my breaks, which was an awesome experience. But, I, you know, I didn't want to be a burden. I didn't want to right. overstay my welcome. So at that point, uh sophomore year i joined the army so i did army uh eight years two deployments and you know that was the start of my entrepreneurship um on my first deployment actually so when i was um came home on leave i started the process to get my house built and went back finished the deployment and after the deployment my house was done maybe two to three months after and i was able to close so i, I did that opposed to you know, watching my fellow soldiers go home on leave and buy motorcycles and hit the clubs and do all this extra stuff. I was like, nah, after this, I'm going to need somewhere to lay my head. I got, you know, stuff I need to do. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was fortunate. And that right there just turned me into, like, that passion for wanting to be able to get it. Like, I, I, right there, I felt that I can accomplish anything. Um, you know, so I learned to, you know, uh, financial literacy. I, I learned to manage my money properly, managed to then, you know, start investing in small stuff. And then before you know it, I had a name around around the city as somebody who would invest, of course, in, in local black entrepreneurs who the bank would turn away. So I just continued to grow, continue to build on that. And the reputation got strong and people started believing in me. And then that, after that, it was a wrap. Man, that's powerful, man. So, you know, without, you, you dropped a lot of things in that, but the most important thing I'm hearing, man, is you took 100% responsibility for your life. You didn't allow your circumstances, the things that you've been through, to dictate or determine how you're going to be in the future. And you started making steps to, or you started making choices to do things differently. And I think that's powerful, man, because you know, especially as, as young black men, we have so many opportunities to use excuses of why we do the things that we do, why are we the way that we are, and instead of making the choices to be able to move forward. Like for me, prime example, you know, I've been homeless. I had to sleep in cars. I know what it is and not know where your next meal is coming from. I know what it is to be, I've been physically abused, emotionally abused, I've been sexually abused. So. I had all these things stacked up against me, but I always knew that I wanted more, that I can have more and I can do more. 
And I always didn't know the steps to take to get there, but I know I wanted more, man. So, you know, I think the fact that, you know, you was able to persevere and keep going in the direction you're going on is powerful and it's amazing, man. I, and I truly applaud you for that, brother. That's so inspiring, man. My man, appreciate that, bro. What do you what do you feel is the difference though, like that really I mean, I know you said that, you know, you were looking for a place to lay your head. You won't trying to get motorcycles and things like that, but what do you think was the difference from you? Because it's like a fork in the road. You could have done those things, but what was really your driving factor that made you go right instead of going left? Um, just one just one more, just wanted to set the example for not only my my younger brother and sister, but of course the community. Um, I just thought it was important to not be a negative statistic you know it's uh, it was already so many other statistics like i just wanted to accomplish something i wanted to prove it to myself that i can and i had already jumped out there of emancipating myself at 16. right so right. it was either you know what i mean like leave this system um you know nice house and group home structure to doing some silly reckless or illegal and then get into a bigger institutionalized system i was like no nah, i'd much rather figure out and navigate a way to be some way uh, greater beyond myself and beyond what anyone potentially expected. So for me, it was most of that willpower, but of course, to set the example for my younger brother and sister. Man, that's, that's great, man. So I know, and, and a lot of times when we get to, when we start talking about success, like we talk about, like, oh, we see the tip of the iceberg. We see where you're at now. When you were going through all that, when you was going through the deployments, when you were going through the building, the process of building a home and getting to where you are now, what was the hardest part for you about that? Like, what was your biggest struggle during that process? Uh, that process, that was that was an easy process, to be honest okay. with you. Everything after that I accumulated was more challenging and tough because, um, you know, of course, like, the during that time it was around 2008 so the housing market crashed and i was like yeah. oh man i want to make sure i'll be able to afford it yeah. um you know so everything was good so after that though i started right now i'm at four properties and five businesses and of course the uh 15 plus investments so yeah. after that 2008 point i was able to make sure that i was financial literacy enough to save money and you know put my money in the right places so they at least grow in, in increments where I can continue to invest. Um, right. So for me, those were the challenging times, like after that first initial one. Oh. After you get your first one, you try to figure it out. Like, oh, no, nah, I'm trying to double up. I'm trying, right. you know, I'm just keep, I just got to keep winning. Um, so for me, it was more about, you know, accumulating more, accumulating more. Um, and just, again, like being that monopolist, like taking over anything I potentially can uh, but not only myself, but again, investing back in my community, investing the people that the bank said no. Like, you know, if you got yeah. a good idea and I can help you, you know, at that time I was pretty decent sitting on Iraq money. So it was, yeah, like, yeah I yeah, got to try right, to help you right, out, you right. know. And of course, not only helping them out, it was able to help me out because I was getting a little bit more interest. My name, reputation was growing. And now they got this business that's doing well. And, you know, it, it helped both of us. It helped the community as well. Got you, got you. So, brother, let's talk about Mentor Hill. Break that down, how we got to this point, what drove you to that, because it's a powerful thing you got going on. So speak on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. so Mentor Hill, man. Um, so in grad school, we had this uh, assignment 
you know, like you probably heard it or seen it or whatever, but you know how you get this writing assignment. If there's any part of the population that she can change, what would it be? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So a couple of people in my cohort, man, they chose um, LGBTQ, they chose women's rights, they chose uh, veterans, they chose, um, you know, some political or whatever the case is. Um, yeah. You know, so initially I chose veterans as well, but then I realized like, oh man, the men are often neglected. Not yeah. only as positive representation within the field, but just in general, like yeah. they all, they so reluctant to seeking services, not only just for that mental health, but of course the physical health as well. So I took that on as a task, man. I was able to survey, um, you know, we had a, a criteria in which we had to get this done. So we had to do research and we had to survey people and stuff like that. So what I found is within my immediate circle, it was a lot of guys who hadn't even had physicals within a, you know, a two year span. Uh -huh. They weren't going to the doctor. Um, and of course they weren't seeing therapists. So for me, I was like, Oh yeah, this is my project. I'm going to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, got that uh, project complete fast forward, wind up graduating, started at this private practice called Lavelle, outpatient counseling and it's a, a woman practice it's two um, african-american uh, women that own the practice and i was the, yeah. the only male there uh, for a long time and um, i was like yo y'all do phenomenal work for the community for women but what about the men so the, right. the owner was like yo create some we can figure it out um and then there that's when it was born man i got stuck at a train and uh i drew the logo on my screen i got a tesla so i, I okay. drew that and that's the logo that you still see, like on yeah, all the yeah, merch, stuff, on the book, everything. So, you know, yeah. just from, just the one that I took from the screen. I, I and, remember uh, I reached out to you when you were, I wanted the sweatshirt. Hey, man, can you do it in my color? Like, I wanted to, you do it in green and gold. Like, nah, boss, the logo is the logo. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, logo's I, logo's yeah, logo. I yeah, thought, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's deep, man. So let's talk about the challenges of working with this population or working with men because, Listen, when I got into it, man, I, I knew what the challenges were, but man, it's, let's, let's, let's see if we can relate to the same type of challenge. So what challenges are you seeing with working with men? Um, so to be honest, man, I've been fortunate because the men themselves are seeking me out. Not only that, but the, the uh, women, you know, their moms, their sisters, their daughters. Um, hey, hold on real quick. I got somebody. Yeah. yeah. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, man. So I, I really didn't uh, run into any challenges yet because the moms, the sisters, the wives, you know, they all see this as a tool. So they encourage our men to come out. And then, of course, now with the pandemic and, of course, these untimely deaths of the African-American men, they seeking me out themselves. Um, but again, I already had a strong reputation within the community when I was, uh, right. you know, just throughout. So when I started doing these segments each quarter, it'll fill up. It started probably you know, with 20, 30 guys showing up. Um, and then it just continued to grow and blossom. Then it was right. like up to 65 attendees, men and women. You know, the women are coming, again, advocate for their husbands or sons or mm, yeah. um, dads and stuff like that that bring their questions. And then it just continued to grow, man. And before I knew it, um, different people were reaching out for speaking engagements and stuff like that. So that's how the movement really blossomed, just me being consistent and putting out a good product, definitely content that people need, um, even prior to this uh, pandemic. So I, I was fortunate. Um, and, you know, just keep applying pressure, just keep updating and educating people on the facts 
surrounding men and mental health and men and physical health, just overall wellness, just getting back to being healed and whole, not only for yourself as the man, but, you know, for your family, the, the people that are affected vicariously, like your coworkers or your, you know, your spouses and, and your children and stuff like that, your teammates and stuff like that. So uh, when I, I've just been in a position to where people, uh, it's relatable, you know, like it's something that they need, but they had to go and search for it. And then they have to worry about availability and access. Like, oh man, I know where it is, but how am I pay for it? You yeah. know, so make it affordable or make it, so that they can get to it. Um, right. You know, right. Of course, there's some red lines there that we got to navigate depending on the circumstance, but I just want to be visible to say, hey, listen, I'm here. If I can't help yeah. you, I'll definitely provide you a resource. So I just continue to grow from there. Man, that's great, man. That's great. You know, the challenge I see, man, because I don't, you know, I'm not dealing with, you know, I deal from a different angle with coaching. So I'm dealing with men who have to, you know, bring themselves in or, you know, have to, first they have to, acknowledge that okay something is wrong and a lot of times what i run into is it's a lot of pride and it's i'm okay or you know i'm good or i'm fine when you really aren't and when i start really breaking it down and agitating that problem and letting them see what it is and they're like you know you're right <clears throat> excuse me it starts to unravel and and and, 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 and the approach that i take man is emotional i focus on the emotion how to respond how to identify how to manage because i feel that's a part that's missing in, a, in this new initiative or new drive for mental health. I feel that it's a trifecta when it comes to health and wellness. And I look at it like mental health, physical health, and then emotional health. But a lot of times emotional health is getting swept up under the mental health part of it. Do you feel that emotional health and wellness, emotional wellness should have its own category or do you feel that emotion should be up under the mental health part aspect of it? I guess it's all in perspective and it's all in um, your platform. I know for me, I think it's way more vital just to get them in the door. Once right, you get right. in the door, we can, you know, we can categorize, we can compartmentalize where you need to be. Right, right, right. But the main thing is, yo, you came to get services. You came to get help. So right. now that you're here, let's do A, B, C, D, E. You know, if you yeah. fit over here, you fit over there then that's cool. But right now, the main thing is like you hear, you know, because for a long time, it was so much reluctancy, not only uh, with society equating vulnerability to weakness and being soft and just the stereotypes right. that you see in the media and stuff like that. So just to be fortunate to be, for a guy that's come and say, hey man, I miss practices day to come to the session or to hear what you got to say, or yeah. I'm trying to better myself to be a better husband and a better father you know so just to hear those testimonies for me is good you know i can right. put you in those subgroups later we can figure out everything right. else later right. but you're here now let's work on trying to maintain that you continue this road beyond here so yeah. i mean again it all depends like for you it might be easier for you to group them asap but for me i found like oh you here let's figure it out and then let's do everything else yeah i got you now, i would i was more so talking about not even just like the man, I'm talking about overall general when it comes to um health and wellness. Do you feel like it's well, separate? That's yeah. So it, overall, though, I, I would say emotional is more geared to the mental side of things. Right. People tend okay. to put those. In, yeah, yeah. So no, nah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I try to you know saying I, I I always discuss or break down. I think it's like a trifecta, like a triangle, man. There's three aspects to that. I mean, it gets it gets a lot deeper. I get it, but I mean, 
a lot of times what I see and the things that I've dealt with and, and experience that I have with a lot of like my clients and the men I deal with, man, it's, it's, it's not so much like what they've been through, but it's how they respond to what they've been through. They have an issue of identifying and processing through these emotions, man. And, and that's the main thing that's really holding them up, how to deal with emotions. They view emotions like emotions are the enemy. What's your thought? What's your process? Or where are you at with it when it comes to men and their emotions? Express them. Um, so pretty much that's why I wrote the book, man. So yeah. get it out. Because historically, the issue has been not how they, like, the, the misconception is they don't express it. It's They do express it. it. Absolutely. Just been, it comes they just, you know, it's just been expressed in the incorrect ways, you know, based yes. on those things. So anger, aggression, you know, being promiscuous, being reckless, all those things, substance use. Um, so what we want to do is make them or assist them in ways to articulate it in a healthy way to not only assist them, but of course their families, their friends right. and stuff like right. that. Because if you get the, you know, if, if, if I can't say, hey, I'm upset, give me a break, you know, that's an issue. If my, right. hey, give me a break is me punching this wall or me <laughs> right. drowning myself in this bottle, those are the issues. Those are the right. things that, you know, the movement is preventing. You know, let, let me assist you and help you to be able to express it so your partner or your children or your teammates or your boss can say, hey, all right, cool, he's going through X, Y, Z, he's going to bounce back. Opposed to... Oh, we know he's going through something because he just hit somebody or he just, yeah. you know, he just sped off or he, you know, spent all this money or whatever the case is. So we don't want those things to happen. We right. want you to be able to process it in a healthier way. Absolutely, man. That's great. When it comes to you and your emotions, were you always in control and able to manage your emotions or was that a learning process? Learning process. But I was always on a... The, the positive side of things, you know what I'm saying? Like right. I wouldn't do nothing reckless because I didn't want to give nobody that much power, but I would be challenged with uh, reacting, you know what I'm saying? So responding and reacting is different. So Absolutely. now I'm more of a, you know, process and understand how to properly respond without, you know, getting too erratic yeah. or too emotional yeah. just to just to ensure that we both understand each other we can disagree or we can agree but whatever the case is so for me it was more of a learned thing but yeah. i was always on the positive side of it like you know it ain't have to get verbal i mean physical or you right. know outside right. of whatever it needs to be but if it needed to go there it wasn't uh based on my behalf it was me right. Right. responding right so what was what was harder for you was it to identify what you were feeling or was it to communicate what you were feeling um i was able to identify so the communication problem is hard because you know that communication man is two parts the giver yeah, and the receiver yeah, so i can yeah. give you me all day long but if you're not yeah. comprehending what i'm giving you then it's an issue so i was challenged with that trying to help people to understand um what i'm saying or why i'm doing the things i'm doing you know because they said it from that perspective you got to remember it was a long time where people was like yo like didn't value the opinion of children or didn't view uh certain responses or yeah. um just information from somebody that they feel more superior to so for me that was more the issue like yo i'm telling you how i feel but if you're not understanding how i feel if you don't care if you're not in a position to change how i feel then i guess that was based on your perception you know so that was that was stemmed from of course 
my tenure in the group homes, my tenure in the military, just, mm -hmm. you know, it was always that power struggle. It was always somebody saying, oh, no, you're just a resident. You, you're a client here. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I, right, right. You know, right. But I'm telling you, you know what I mean? This bothered me. I'm telling you X, Y, Z. Or, of course, the military, like, you know, stay in your place. You do yeah, what you're yeah. told. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, that. so it wasn't the aspect of me not being able to express it. It was just the people not in, in being able to reciprocate what I needed them to. Yeah, right. That's that's great, man. You know, we talked earlier about what it looked like. What, what were your examples of a man when you were coming up? Has the definition of a man changed from where you were younger to where you at now? Do you view manhood in a different light? Um, no, not really. Be able to take care of yourself, take care of your family. Um, set the example for the community. Just be a positive force. Just be somebody that is reliable and hold himself accountable uh, for his actions through and through. So for me, that's pretty much uh, a solid man. You know what I'm saying? Somebody right. that I review. Um, I stay away from those social constructs, you know, like I stay away from other people's perceptions. I, I tend to be and value who I am um, enough to know, like, you might have an opinion or a decision that you think uh, who I am, but I know who I am. So right, that doesn't right. really bother me, you know. Right. Got you. So what is one piece of advice you would give a young man or other men when it comes to masculinity? Uh, definitely ignore those social constructs. Um, be free within yourself, man. Like express yourself in eclectic, creative way that you want to. You know, society would definitely tell you that, uh, you know, men are supposed to do X, Y, Z. Ignore yeah. that. If you want to do certain things, you want to do it. Like one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, with masculinity is, uh, let's take yoga. You know how many men don't do yoga because it's it, got yeah, feminine right. poses? Yeah. But not knowing that, yo, if you can enhance your stretching and your ability to be flexible, it'll assist you in other sports. You know, so when I articulate and educate them more on that aspect, they realize, like, oh, man, you're tripping. I get less Charlie horses. Um, I'm able to, you know, the endurance yeah. and different stuff yeah. like that. Reduce injuries. So they're like, oh, man, I'm tripping. So now, you know, it's a yoga wave. You know, so just right. I think yeah. I think for me it's more so of being true to who you are, like figuring it out. Again, don't worry about other people's perceptions. So if you want to do something that the norm is uh, goes against those social constructs, then you know, wear it. Then definitely be free with it. Man, that's 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 awesome, brother. That's a great way to explain and break that down, man. My my last question for you. I know we spoke a little bit on it earlier, and you broke down everything that you got going on, but. At the end of it all, brother, when it's all said and done, what legacy are you leaving? Uh, so the legacy I plan to leave, man, I don't know if you know, but I just started my YouTube channel, uh, Men to Heal. So you definitely can go to YouTube, like, share, subscribe that. Um, of course, the book. The book is going to be here even while I'm long gone. People still going to have access to the information. Um, and, of course, my everything I have now is ultimately being done for – my heiress, my little daughter, man. So, you know, she going to pick it up. She going to decide on if she want to keep the businesses investing right. or sell and just live that. So for me, that's that's the most important thing to uh, leave a legacy and ensure that I'm inspiring the next generation, not only for my individual child, but for the masses, the community, uh, worldwide, to be honest with you. So I want my legacy to be he went through a lot. He worked hard, but he got it done. He found a way. He made sure that he helped others uh, be better than what they are. Wow. Wow. 
That's great, man. Listen, man, I'm hitting, I'm sitting here with this deep young brother, James Harris, man. I appreciate you coming on today, man. I appreciate you giving up some of your valuable time on a Sunday, man. Brother, I'm watching you. I'm looking at you. I see what you got going on, man. You are inspirational. You are motivating, man. Um, I definitely love what you got going on in Richmond. I actually spent some time in Richmond, man. I went to Herlanco High School. I was in Richmond for like four years. Yeah, so my lady's from Richmond. You know, I still got a brother down in Richmond. So Richmond is still like a second distant home. I, I hated Richmond, but Richmond was like a second distant home. But, um, hey, man, I love what you got going on down. As soon as uh this Rona stuff free up, man, and I start traveling, I definitely want to catch up with you, brother, and really just look at what you got going on down there, man. And uh, I wish you the best. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I will definitely – Subscribe to YouTube channel, kick it out to my platform, man, and uh, and 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 you know, hopefully encourage people to get your book, man. There's some valuable lessons in here. It's very interactive. You can I like to write it out, <laughs> draw it out. You know what I'm saying? Like I like the way you Definitely. break things down like that, man. So hey, I really appreciate you having me on, James. I I love everything you got going on. I wish you the best, man. Thank you, brother. Uh, man, definitely appreciate you for having me, man. Again, you guys can find me, uh, mentoheal.com, www.mentoheal.com. And, of course, on my Instagram, if you got any questions uh, or need some resources, uh, men underscore T-O underscore H-E-A-L. It's also a resource link on my website with different, uh, you know, hotlines for crisis or suicide and different stuff like that. So hopefully you don't need it, but if you do need it, definitely reach out to me. Um, I can be a resource to you. Man, that's great, brother. Listen, man, you enjoy the rest of your day, man. I really appreciate you. You take care, sir. My man, you as well. Thanks, man. Keep up the good work, boss. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. I'm here, my brother. You know I love you. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man.